Welcome to the milk bar. 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 Welcome along to episode 684 of The Milk Bar. Jason Forrest here with you as ever. And coming up on the show this week, former Blue Peter presenter Janet Ellis joins us. We'll be having a bit of a natter about how you can make a difference to your grandkids' world by choosing a charity to leave money to in your will. We'll be having a natter with Ivan Fletcher about his marathon running, raising funds for Pancreatic Cancer UK. We'll be talking to Dwayne, AJ and Kyle Finn. Kyle has a brand new single out. Dwayne features on it. We'll be talking about Leaving Me Out 2.0. That's on the way. We'll be hearing from Tudor Musical Comedy Society. Uh, they have made in Dagenham on stage in September at the Sutton Coalfield Town Hall, having an utter with their secretary all about that one. Plus, on top of that, we'll be finding out about a Middle Earth-style map, which is coming to the Midlands and featuring Staffordshire and the West Midlands, so Wolverhampton, Cannock, Bilston, Wollenhall, and all surrounding areas are very heavily featured in an amazing piece of artwork. And on top of that, we'll also be finding out what went on as the Grand Theatre have launched their Stages Summer School. We'll be finding out from some of the people who are leading free classes for the kids and also from Lucy Ellen Parker, all about the event itself and how it came together. That's on the way this week. Made in Dagenham has been part of the stage of the Sutton Coalfield Town Hall by Tudor Musical Comedy Society. They're there from the 20th through to the 24th of September, and it's going to be an absolute treat because it's an awesome musical. They're a fantastic bunch, and to prove that, I'm joined now by Secretary Charlie Ward. Hi, how are you? I'm all right, and I trust we're finding you excited about the show, which is just a few weeks away now, so it's getting close. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, no, we're all really, really excited to um, get back to the stage. It's been a funny few years. So, yeah, everyone's really, really stoked to get back onto it. Now, before we stick the uh, refrain made in Dagenham in everybody's heads forever, because it does stay there once you've seen the show, uh, tell us a bit about Tudor themselves. So Tudor Musical Comedy Society started 60 years ago, actually by my grandparents. Mm-hmm. Um, they started the society. My uh, father took over as chairman. I recently stepped down as being chairman. And we just pride ourselves on being a really friendly, all-inclusive bunch that just want to have fun and produce really good things in the process. Yeah, I, I knew you'd been chair, so I knew you'd have some history, but I didn't realise it was genetic. Yes, 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 it is in the veins. So it it must be great being being part of it. So who's taken over as chair? You haven't gotten any more offspring that you've put into the job, have you? Not just yet. They're a little bit too young now. Um, A lady called Jane Gleek has taken over uh, chairman and is doing a wonderful job. Absolutely. So, what, when it comes down to Made in Dagenham, this is a show that, that's important not only because the songs are blooming awesome in it, it's a great story, but it's proper social history too. And when you combine a memorable musical with something we need to know about, even though things aren't fixed, they're a lot better, but this was the start of a change, which which has levelled up, using a modern phrase, much of our community. Oh, absolutely. It's... You, you feel a sense of pride being in this musical because, especially as a woman, you really are telling such an important story of what actually happened. And when you're, when you're watching the scenes and you're singing a song, it really resonates with you. And it's still quite 
strange to believe that these things once happened or these words were once allowed to be said to women. Um, but, you know, we're getting there and it's really, really great to be able to show this story in a musical version. Yeah, absolutely. And so within our parents' lifetimes, definitely. But certainly this attitude and these issues carried on well into mine, into the 70s. Mm. And so it's not right now. We still know there are gender pay gaps, but they're not quite as, uh, as accepted these days, should we say. It's not as blatant as it has been in the past. Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, it's, uh, we've got, we've got a, a wide range of um, ages in the cast, uh, some that have been with us for years since the beginning some that are new and in their teens coming into their early 20s and to see um everyone getting together to show this story everyone has their own take on it and, and it's touching everyone in a different way which shows different portrays of characters which is amazing to see because mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, we used to have a huge car industry in the UK. Ford's plant in Dagenham was mm. part of that, where the song, the title of the show comes from. And uh, you've got uh, workers who were being paid to do very technical jobs and quality uh, work, which made the cars uh, comfortable, usable, and uh, just being completely dismissed as being an, an ancillary workers who were worth nothing. And uh, although without them, they yeah, the factory stops, and no spoilers there, I don't think. But uh, it it, 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 it's still, you know, a uh, huge impact. And uh, you know, telling this tale, showing what went on and showing the start of an improvement in the situation. Uh, and also the, the attitude of some of the men who uh, were there who uh, agreed that women should be paid the right rate for the job and those who just were prepared to let them work for nothing. Absolutely. Again, you know, no spoilers, but when you get to the end of the show and one of the most fabulous musical numbers I think I've ever been in, mm -hmm. Stand Up, um, you really do get to see, especially the men's changing attitude through that song. And by the end of that song, if you haven't got goosebumps, then... You know, we do. You're, you're faulty. You need. You need to go and see your doctor about that, don't you? That's the be fair. Yes, so, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> is that going to show? But so, and, and I love the fact that it's it's a music. It's a recent one. Yes, it's uh, it's just been a, a, the story's been in a, in a brilliant film, yeah. and uh, it, it's it's all of that comes together. And when Tudor do this, you say you've been going sixty years. Is the reason why you're still going strong? Absolutely. Yeah, we um we were lucky enough that we were able to do Legally Blonde in uh, 2021, which was our post lockdown show. And we started that in 2019. So mm -hmm. we kept together and we kept rehearsing on Zoom and all of these. And, and we got through to Legally Blonde and there was challenges and this to just be able to continue on to the next straight away. The, the feeling and the buzz in the society is amazing and that is just coming straight through onto the stage. Yeah, it's, it's almost normal. Not quite normal with our world at the minute, but it's almost normal. Yeah, we're getting there. <laughs> That's what counts. So the important thing is getting people to come along and see it. Now, I know tickets are already selling well, but uh, it's the uh, Tuesday the 20th through to Saturday the 24th. And uh, tell us about the shows and, uh, and, and how we actually get our hands on tickets to come and see. Yeah, of course. So you can call our ticket hotline, which is 07842214631, or you can visit ticketsource.co.uk forward slash TMCS, and you'll be able to do seat selection there. And if you call our ticket number, there'll be a lovely ticket secretary, Deb, who will talk you through anywhere and everywhere you want to sit. Okay, so we can work all that out. It is a Sutton Coalfield Town Hall venue, which means it's, it's easy to get to Sutton, uh, standing down the road, sensible parking. And uh, you say you've got members from all over the Midlands, haven't you? 
Absolutely, yeah. Our lead retail travels from Derby. We've got people, South Birmingham, North Birmingham, everywhere, um, all to come together to do this collective, amazing musical. Well, it's going to be an absolute treat. As I know that from the show, and I know it from some of the people I know who are involved in Tudor, so that's, oh. uh, that's all good. But it's going to be absolutely brilliant. Charlie Ward, Secretary of Tudor, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much, Jason. Thank you. It seems three quarters of grandparents are worrying about their children's future. Somebody whom I can't possibly imagine to be a grandparent, although no, it is actually the truth, is Janet Ellis, who joins me now to tell us more. Hello. <laughs> I am so a grandparent. My eldest grandson is 18, for goodness sake. So um, I, I ought to be getting good at this by now. See, this, this frightens me because I grew up watching you on Blue Peter and it, <laughs> it reminds me I turned 50 this year, but there we go. <laughs> So, I mean, it turned out very well. I, I, I do my best. I, I even got a Blue Peter badge at one point, but there we go. It's the excitement of it. So, I did mean, what? No, come on, come on. What did you get your badge for? Uh, well, I, well I, um, this, this is a bit awkward to admit. I, I copied a Delia Smith recipe out of a swap shop book and sent it in, and uh, it's still, I still got a badge. Don't feel guilty about that. You put your mind to it, you endeavoured, you've got a badge. There, I, I did my best words. handwriting. That's the thing that counts. Well, there you go. Come on. Come on. <laughs> but I mean, back in the day, uh, when you worried about the grandkids, it was whether they were going to get in free to a large number of theme parks or whatever with their blue beater badge. These days, there's much yeah. more to worry about, isn't there? There is, yeah. And, and I think, um, although we are worried, it's almost the wrong word, isn't it? Because what we're really doing is becoming aware. You know, we, we have spent years not quite ignoring things because they weren't pointed out in quite the clear way that they are now, but we are definitely more aware of the way the world might be in the future if we don't help it along a little you know we're the survey commissioned by remember a charity found that grandparents are worried about employment prospects for their grandchildren health implications the climate change and really the wider world and i think that's a shared endeavor i i think it's i think it's a good thing we're worried rather than taking it as being pessimistic Absolutely. I say we, we need to uh, yeah, think about what is going on. And obviously lots of people get involved in, in trying to change things when it comes to the environment and uh, all, all the things that we have some sort of control over. We can use our buying power to do good. And uh, also we can we can work through charities to help those who need it as well. And it, 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 it is something that we personally have to take responsibility for and use what we can do to, to try and push things for the better. Absolutely. Pop a little gift in your will, because I'm, I'm as guilty, of, you know, hands up here. I, I'm as guilty as the next person of thinking, you know, that I, I support charities. Therefore, you know, I, there are a couple that are close to me that I do more than um, more than the others because they are particular causes that I espouse. And like a lot of people, I react, you know, if there's, if there's something that comes up on my phone or the television or I'm prompted in some way. Like most people, you'll go, yeah, I really want to help, you know, and, and we are really good at that in this country. What we're not so good at is thinking of what might happen beyond our deaths to charities that we've supported in life. And that's where you can give the gift in your will. And remember, a charity is all about prompting you to just think, you know, about your legacy and about what ma might matter down the line. You know, it's that old cliche about planting a tree that somebody else will sit in the shade of. And actually, that's I think that's a rather lovely way of thinking about the world, because I do think, like I said at the beginning, you know, the fact that we're more aware is a good thing because we can share those concerns for a start and we can in a very very small way link arms and try and do something about it and make a bit of a noise you know I think grandparents and, and grandchildren often don't live as close by as they used to do in the olden days therefore 
when you do link up, you may not necessarily be having these conversations. But trust me, everyone, you know, once you do start talking about these things, your grandchildren really want to join in. This is what they're talking about at school. This is what they share with their friends. And the fact that people that they might think are content to just live out this bit and just think, well, it's fine. I'm having a nice time. Good luck with the future. The fact that we are concerned, I think, is a really, really positive thing. Yeah, and I say you get to choose what you're supporting as well through the knowledge you've had in life. You can see what you can do to, to prolong things. Oh, for and, sure. and, and the importance there is also having a will so your family know what you want to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's definitely a sidebar, but it's got a neon border. You know, I do think it's it's a good thing to do. It feels awful, but, you know, I, my husband died two years ago, which is still a, a horrible and difficult fact. But the fact that we had made wills together made life a lot easier I have to say and I know anybody in my position will feel the same but of course it always feels confronting mortality is always a tricky one but I, I do think with with this particular impetus you know for for gifting in your will and remembering a charity beyond that it, it's actually it's not darkness this subject it's really a light it's shining a light into a future you believe in if you, you won't see it and it, and it makes yeah, thinking about it much more positive. You are making a difference, as you say. Absolutely. And, yeah, hopefully you, your name will appear on a plaque somewhere as well. You never know. Well, you never know. Maybe I'll just have one made. <laughs> yeah, yeah, keep yourself. And inform the grandkids. You've got to nail this to a tree somewhere because of the money I get. No, no maybe no, we, we don't want to damage the tree. But uh, so it, it is nice, though, whether it, wherever it is, whether it's just in the knowledge that uh, you've done something which is going to be great for your grandkids, uh, for their futures, or whether there is uh, you know, a, a cancer cure that you've uh, helped to, towards. You know, we've got amazing pro uh, progression uh, over the last number of decades, but there is still a long way to go on so many diseases. Yeah, and also you know, just looking through the, the list of charities that um, have been helped in the past by this, and there's a couple that are really close to my heart as a, as a Blue Peter presenter because we supported Insure Lifeboats right the way through and Guide Dogs for the Blind as well. And both of those charities have benefited hugely from these requests. In fact, if you go on, on the website, which I have no hesitation in sending people to because it's really clear and answers all those questions about any potential complexity uh, clue there isn't and the cost which is negligible but it will also give you some personal stories of how bequests have made a difference and they they are so moving and also really positive and you're so right it's just it's just like holding a torch and shining it forwards isn't it other people can walk the path if you just give them a little bit of help yeah absolutely so what is that website oh it's rememberacharity.org.uk so pretty clear Simple as that. Go along, check out the details, see what, what's involved in making it well. It's something yeah, you, know, you may never have thought of before. And this is something giving the impetus to say, well, yeah, once I have got some cash left over because I'm not going to be using it anymore, it's time to, to share it and, and pass, pass it on and, and, and pay something forward effectively. Oh, my goodness. That's put it so well. Yeah, that's absolutely. That's the message. That's great. And it's also talking to your family about it, as, as uncomfortable as that may be. And uh, so your family have already had that loss. Um, and, you know, the, the grandkids uh, you know, will be, be more than aware of, uh, of, of the pain that's there. But you can look at the good times and make it an enjoyable thing to talk about, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, it, you know, we've still got a good place in the world, I think. And we're still, you know, I'm, I'm, humans 
overcome so much difficulty and adversity because we have a lot of things under the surface to do with love and generosity and care that you really only have to scratch a little bit to find so that's that's a great message and I, I want to share it with the grandkids too that's 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 how I feel mm-hmm. and, and 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 probably share also some sticky back plastic and use washing liquid <laughs> bottles which, which which must still feature in your life in some way or form you know, it's so funny that because I, I was introduced to a lot of terms when I started doing the makes on boobies that I'd never heard before, you know, sticky about plastic and doweling and bradles. So I, I ended up, I ended up knowing that's for sure. And yes, only recently, one of my grandsons actually had to cover a school book and I could not tell him about sticky back plastic fast enough. I mean, it's, you know, that's my legacy as well. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's cupboards full of the stuff in your home, bound to be, because in case you suddenly have an impromptu or want to make something moment. Exactly. I really do. I really do. I can't throw anything away. But, you know, it'll always come in and just, you know, obviously, if you stick something to somebody else or something else, then it's bound to turn into a make at some point or another. That's the way to do it. Well, see, on the serious side of things, we are still thinking about Remember uh, a Charity and the opportunity to get your wills together. And if you laminate it and stick it back plastic, everybody will know exactly what it says, even if it rains on the day it gets read. That will be OK. Janet Ellis, MBE, thank you so much for joining us. That's a great. That's the plaque. That's great. <laughs> to wrap it up. Bye. <laughs> Leaving Me Out 2.0 is the brand new single from Kyle Finn and Dwayne AJ, both of whom join me now. Hello, boys. Hello, how are, how are we doing? All good here. And I trust we're finding you both well and uh, loving the summer and the amount of work this always brings you. Yeah, it's been fantastic this year. It's been an early start to the year for me with festivals. Uh, last year, I didn't start till sort of July. So this year, I started in, in early May and it's going on till October. So, yeah. Mm-hmm enjoying that and Dwayne yeah yeah so much more busier than last year obviously um but yeah no really really good I'm so glad to be out there and busy again good stuff right so uh Kyle this collaboration uh it's it's, it's your baby but uh you you needed a second powerful voice and this is where Dwayne comes in yeah yeah uh, I think we talked touched on it briefly last um on the last interview we all did together mm-hmm. um so we want to do a, a song on being left out of a group you know when you're sort of the last person to be invited to something or you know forgotten about in a group of friends so um we started working on it on a with a different backing track we recorded that released it and then i just felt like it needed something a bit more housier a bit more clubby so we've uh, we've done this version and it's took it's took over a year is it even to yeah over a year about sort of 18 months but i really love this version and it's um it's been worth the wait but yeah it has took a while well it officially drops this week so that's going to be well worth uh, listen you can be able to find it online we'll do all the details on how you can buy that in a short while's time but uh, I mean, when it comes to the, the, the whole touring round with music and, and the, the, there is the need for these singles and you know, this is something which people will know when they see you performing live. Because uh, the, the minute, uh, Carl, I mean, you're in Blackpool, I can tell that because behind you is the Blackpool Tower, unless it's Paris and it's uh, not quite as, as good a day as I was expecting. But uh, <laughs> I mean, you, you, you're normally working for your base in the Midlands, aren't you? Yes. So living in the Midlands is quite good for traveling around, sort of doing something sort of uh, the north, east, west or southwest or southeast. So it's a, it's a nice base uh, as a musician, I think, to, to be living where I'm living. But 
Dwayne, is there going to be the chance to perform this on stage together, do you think, this year? Well, we're hoping to. Um, we usually do, um, well, I usually do a, a Halloween event at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. So um, it's kind of the only time me and Kyle do get to see each other. And um, yeah, actually, you know, because we're so busy through this time of year. Um, so it's it's probably that's when it will when it will happen. Yeah, we we know the inspiration behind this and the, the development of the track. And it, has, what sort of response have you had so far when you've been performing it live, Carl? Yeah, I mean we performed it last Halloween, the other version. Mm. Um, yeah, we had people dancing and getting into it, and it, I think it's one of Dwayne's most streamed songs and one of mine. Um, so. Yeah, this new version, though, I do feel like it is on another level. So I'm really looking forward to performing that. And I, I really want to perform it at festivals with Dwayne if, if we get the opportunity to. And the music video, we we did film ages ago. But now this version's done, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get the music video done for both versions. And so it's going to be a real nightclub -y. So there's going to be yeah, plenty of, uh, of of good vibes to this, and I think it, it's the chance to see yeah. people who've been to your gigs as well. That's really the, the fun part of it. It's I mean we you've got so much actually happening at the minute as you as you tour around, and we're looking for. I know you have streaming success, but it, it's it's then getting this to the point at which you chart success as well, which would be nice. Oh, that'd be amazing! Yeah, I want to get into soundtracks and the films and things. I think that would get it out there. Um, I've had one song in a soundtrack to a movie, but um, yeah, this one, I think, you know, I'll, I'll look at adverts and um, production companies and send it and see if they want to use it for anything. But I do feel that this one, this will be the one. That's I do feel, yeah, I, I feel like with this track, it would be it'd probably work pretty well in the clubs and stuff, wouldn't it? You know, um, especially obviously the gay clubs. Um, I just think it would go down pretty well, I think. It's so hard, isn't it, these days? Well, I say it's so hard to promote, but it's not because you've got so much social media and, and stuff like that. But at the same time, if you know what I mean, Kyle, it is quite difficult, isn't it? Because I don't know if it's because you're everyone's competing. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, getting it, uh, performing it live definitely, I find helps a lot. But... Mm. Uh, if we could get it in a soundtrack to a movie, so if there's anyone listening that is sort of involved in a production or an advert or or something, it would be nice to get it sort of heard in a different sort of way because it has got sort of nice moral to the lyrics as well. So uh, I think it's, nice it's 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 quite nice to have this version, you know, compared to the like you said earlier. You know, it is one of my most it gets streamed quite a lot. So from my album and. Um, so, you know, a lot of my singles and stuff. I mean, I would say that song is probably up there with most of my original songs that that does get streamed the most. Um, I, I don't know, I, I, I'm guessing, you know, it, it obviously relates to people. Um, and, you know, like we said, with this version, we just wanted to create more of a sort of a dance vibe sort of track, you know, so. Yeah, yeah, no, it's really, it's really good. I had a little listen to it on the way home in the car, actually, last night. That's so, the test, uh, isn't it, how it works in the car? Definitely, yeah. you always got to test it in the car. Every <laughs> song I 
get mastered it's always tested in the car <laughs> <laughs> it works every time right so the music is out there now <laughs> leaving me out 2.0 is what we're looking for you can find the other version as well if you're a filmmaker and you want two different versions of the same song in the same movie this is absolutely spot on for you could be a different vibe could be a different part of the uh, the, the scene this would really work however Everybody else, download it, stream it. Let's get this doing rather well uh, because it absolutely deserves it. Fantastic music. There's a, say, there's a, a video which runs alongside it now, and we'll take a listen to the track. But uh, we'll look forward to the uh, the all singing, all dancing new video, which is due to come. Uh, as you, I suppose you film some more uh, performances and you can bring it into uh, you know, working this alongside the track. So that's going to be something good to look forward to. So, Kyle, give us all your music details first, and in particular for this track. Okay, so um, the best, Dwayne taught me this actually, the best place to find my music is on songwhip.com uh, forward slash Kyle Finn. Or if you type in the Songwhip website, then it leads you to all my sort of songs that are available to stream and download. Um, otherwise, YouTube uh, forward slash uh, the Kyle Finn or Instagram, Kyle Finn Music, and the same with Facebook. Okay, Dwayne, your turn. Yeah, exactly the same, really. Like Carl said, Songwhip is such a good platform um, these days, you know, um, for people to find find all your music and stuff like that. If you um, download Songwhip, well, not download it, it's just a website, you can just go on there um, and then type in either of our names and all our music will come up in a list of different places on where, which people prefer, you know, their preference on where they want to download and listen to our music. Um, obviously, then you've got Facebook, um, Instagram and YouTube so you can just type us in and you can check out all our videos and, and stuff on there. There's uh, plenty to see, plenty to enjoy, and as I say, the video will be uh, refreshed to go with 2.0 in the not-too-distant future. Keep checking back for that. Meanwhile, we'll take a listen to the tune. Kyle and Dwayne, thank you both for joining us. Thank you. Thanks very much for having us. Cheers.
working on a project which is bringing to life the world of the Midlands as Middle Earth is Chris Burse, who joins me now to tell me more about this mapping project he's working on. Hello, sir. How are you? Hello there. Nice to meet you. I'm good, thanks. Well, good to meet you too. Now, you're, you're not from the Midlands, but your work itself has covered the whole country pretty much. And uh, the, the latest project brings uh, parts of the original Middle Earth onto a Middle Earth-style map. Uh, yes, that's correct. I'm going around doing hopefully every county in the UK in a Lord of the Rings Tolkien style and the eventual goal of this in say hopefully five years the way it's going <laughs> is to compile all of these maps into one giant fantasy atlas which I think would just be something really cool really unique I've never seen anywhere anything like this done before especially for like a real world setting such as the UK so that is that is the long-term goal and I'm um, I'm currently doing it full-time, actually. Well, it's looking good, and I know you've done different bits of the UK already. You've recently been looking for the, the parts of the, the, the locales that you're covering to, to kind of fit in, that, you, that maybe you don't really spot a standout on uh, your standard A to Z, Google Maps, or you know, AA road map of the UK. So you, you, I know you've been doing that for the Midlands, and at the minute you've got Staffordshire and well, the, the former Staffordshire coming to, to life, because uh, obviously bits of the West Midlands, like Wolverhampton and uh, Willenhall and, 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 and Bilston, all these areas, were originally part of Staffordshire, and it was only in the 70s they became part of this big conurbation as the, 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 the boundaries were moved. So we've got Staffordshire and South Staffordshire, to this day, uh, alongside the West Midlands, and all of this is covered in the the latest piece of work that you're doing. Yeah, that's correct. I've had a lot of feedback actually about the um, the boundary changes and how a lot of people would like me to, uh, to do the, the the original border as well. That's something I'm very keen to do at the same time. So that will be a project for in the future. 
because I would like to keep everyone happy as well. You know, I don't just want to limit it to, um, you know, the modern boundaries and um, like you say, the West Midlands as well, because I understand a lot of people have ties with those places that have sadly lost their identity a bit. So mm -hmm. I do want to keep that as well. So that will be something I'm doing in future. Yeah, well, when Tolkien's world was, uh, of course, uh, uh, Warwickshire, and uh, that's where Birmingham was back in the day. And yeah. obviously, growing up in in the the, the city, or well, just outside the city, because uh, uh, it, it, the, the way it, it, it works now, obviously, Birmingham's expanded somewhat in the last best part of a hundred years. Uh, so uh, you know, it, it, it's. Uh, uh, a strange world that was that was there that helped inspire him to create Middle Earth. So kind of going full circle when you come back to bringing bits of the Middle Earth to life in, in map form like this. And, and what sort of things do you look out for? How do you feature things on these maps? Basically, it's, it's all very much driven by the public. Um, I do sort of a, a very basic work in progress. Um, so it just basically has all your main settlements in. Then I, I decide to post that online and I join a lot of local town and village groups. And I just say to say to the guys there, look, what would you like to see on here? Be it ancient burial mounds, standing stones, castles, anything that I can sort of adapt and make look the part basically and fit the fancy theme. Mm -hmm. Even things like the airports, you know, a lot of people ask for the airports because it's quite a big feature. And I, I can still depict them. I have dragons flying around the place. It just <laughs> make pretty much anything look the part. Yeah, Even uh, things like well, there's um there's bits of myth and stuff in this as well. Like um, especially around uh, Canuck Chase, a lot of people were asking for something called the Black Eyed Children, which I had to do a lot of research in. But um, I mean that's really cool. So it's just you know these stories of ghost children with these really black eyes that sort <laughs> of you know stalk the roads at night so even things like that i've managed to depict on the map as well and some of the other like local legends around stoke as well um you've got these little gremlin creatures apparently that hang around under bridges so i managed to manage to show them as well so it's not limited to just physical features either and, and, and you, can, you can see how the world of Tolkien brought all of this to life as well in its own way from uh, uh, the, the, the creatures that are there, which have been copied endlessly by writers ever since his original ideas back in the day. And yeah. a, it's um, it's interesting that those little myths and stories. And have you got, have you got a favourite, not necessarily, necessarily essentially from the from from the map you're working on at the moment, but from some of the others that you've done as you've headed across the UK? Well, in terms of myths, mm -hmm. I think that I think actually like the black-eyed children is one of my favorites it's certainly one of the creepiest i've come mm -hmm. across i mean a lot of the other ones are quite harmless from other parts of the country like you know, every coastal county seems to have a legend of a mermaid pretty <laughs> standard for whatever reason everywhere seems to have like a giant black, black cat as well again for whatever reason but these these black eyed children are particularly creepy and i just thought that i have to depict that somehow so oh, well, that, uh, yeah, it's already scaring the hell out of me. I'm the, the, the concept of going for a walk over County Chase is scaring me a little bit now, to be fair. <laughs> and it's not too far away from us here in Wolverhampton. But uh, so, uh, you know, it, it's uh, it, it, the, these things are, again, part of the history of an area and a, a really nice way of, of bringing that to life. And it, it, this is obviously not only a, a, a labour to be able to sell books and, and a fantastic coffee table atlas, which will come at some point. But it's, it's, it's clearly a labour of love as well. I and mean, is the world of Tolkien something that you enjoy being immersed in? Absolutely, yeah. I've always enjoyed Tolkien's works. I've always loved the aesthetic of um, you know, his world as well. And you're right, it is a labour of love. I mean, I started this, it was four years ago now, um, just as a little, a little bit of fun, really. Uh, initially, I was writing a novel and I just needed a map to go in at the start of the book to show where the characters were going. So I thought, well, 
I don't really have any artistic talent, but I will give this a go myself, just as a bit of fun. And being a bit of a cheapskate as well, I didn't <laughs> want to pay anyone. Uh, fortunately, it turned out really well. Uh, I turned, you know, I was quite handy with the program I used, which is Photoshop. So upon doing that, I decided to give my home region of Teesside a go. So I depicted Teesside in a similar style, mm-hmm. you know, depicting my hometown all fancy like, and posted that online. Got a really positive response. And then I just kind of started this journey around the country. And it, it always was just a side project initially, because um, I, I work full time in a supermarket as a manager. Mm-hmm. And then last year in September, I just decided, you know, this is this is something I am really enjoying and I would like to make something of this. So I I left and now I do this as a full time career, if you like. And uh, so getting sales off the back of this obviously very important. But such nice artwork, though. And um, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take us back to uh, the, the 60s briefly. And there was a range of maps that showed the, the, the counties then. And this was before, I say, everything got messed up by the likes of uh, Greater Manchester <laughs> and the West Midlands and, and, uh, uh, and that sort of thing, which took away a lot of counties' land. And uh, uh, at, at my parents' house, they actually have a, a map of Staffordshire on the wall, uh, being in Willow. Hall, um, and uh, it's the, the the whole aesthetic of that has got a, a nice feel to it, and a, a sort of older feel, but certainly more 20th century than Middle Earth. Yeah, well, that's it's. I've, I've had a lot of people actually share when I when I do this process. A lot of people share their old maps, and like as you say, the aesthetic of you know original maps from back then was just something really special. I think, and I would like to try and recapture some of that as well because. I think these days you don't see much in that style. It's all very ultra modern, ultra sleek, which is fine. It's very practical. But I think maps these days have sort of lost a bit of the beauty. Mm-hmm. So I do like to try and you know, recapture a bit of that as well. It just sparks the imagination a bit more, especially yeah. getting some features in like the myths as well, stuff uh-huh. that obviously modern maps just do not show. Mm-hmm. And even yeah. some exist- uh, features that don't exist anymore. Like a lot of people ask for things that you know sort of were there you know, ancient barrows that they remember from their childhood or stone circles that have since been demolished for housing estates, for example. You know, it's a shame that we've lost some of these features mm-hmm. and people only, they only sort of exist in people's memories. So it is nice to bring that back as well and put it down on purpose for other people to enjoy. Yeah, particularly alongside the modern setting of the settlements that are there now. And uh, say if there are bits that people don't know about, uh, I mean, one, one thing that you, you may want to include is the, is the Battle of Wodensfield as well. So you have things like that that have taken place in the past. And uh, I, I'm going to guess that the Wensfield Historical Society may well have uh, brought that one to your attention already. That was brought to my attention, yes, by quite a few people. I have got that one in, hopefully in the right place, because there is a bit of uh, confusion about where that's place. Will it be technical? I did a lot of will research it be, yeah. on it. Hopefully yeah. I've got the right one. Well, you, you, you're bound to upset somebody at some point because there is a, there is a bit of a battle over where the battle took place. Yeah. But uh, even so, I mean, it's a great part of the history. And is, are you keeping any of the, the modern thoroughfares on there or, or uh, is it more about places rather than routes between them? Yeah, I try not to depict roads, to be fair. I've got a few of the Roman roads on, to be fair, which which are quite sparsely you know, spread around the map, so it doesn't interfere too much, but I think... There is so much detail on there already. If I was to include modern roads and things, it would just sort of, it'd be a bit too full. It would detract from, you know, the more ancient places that I'm trying to show. Yeah, it gives a sense of what's going on, but uh, and how you get from A to B or uh, from 
you know, black-eyed children through to uh, battle uh, whenever that one was. I can't remember the dates. Uh, and uh, you've got uh, uh, all of this it's like coming to life in uh, Tolkien-esque form. So, I mean, looking good, sounding uh, like a, a fantastic project. How much of the UK will you have completed once Staffordshire and the West Midlands are done? I've done roughly with this, it'll be pretty much bang on 25 counties, actually. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm well on my way through England. But uh, as I say, I'm doing the whole of the UK. So let's not forget Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland as well. So I have got a long way to go. Like I say, this is going to be at least a five year project, I believe. Mm -hmm. And I think Scotland and Wales particularly are going to be quite challenging. Just Absolutely. for the sheer volume of mountains and things <laughs> like that, they do take quite a while to depict. Well, it's I've a been... lot of drawing on my part. <laughs> Yeah, particularly if some of them are a bit misty, because uh, that mountain yes. kind of were in Tolkien's time, weren't they? That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. So it, it'll look the part, don't get me wrong. I think <laughs> they'll look beautiful, but they will take a while. Well, if people want to get in touch and find out more about the Staffordshire West Midlands map that will feature uh, Wolverhampton and surrounding areas, right up to those strange creatures living with bridges outside Stoke, where <laughs> do they go to find out more about you and your work? Uh, well, I've obviously, the way you find myself is through uh, Facebook. I've got a page called Fantasy World Maps. That's my company name. I'm also on a online platform called Etsy, uh, again, as Fantasy World Maps, all one word. And Etsy is just another selling platform, quite similar to Amazon, but it's all just made by individuals like me as opposed to large companies. Yeah, it's, it's creatives sharing their creativity, yeah, and it's an amazing it, yeah. place to be. And uh, I, I picked up a few bits and pieces. It's great for Christmas shopping because you get something it, different on fantastic. there. It's fantastic. There's so many unique gifts on there. I love it. Yeah, and uh, you know, it, it, it may sound like, oh, it's made by crafters. It's not. It's made by professionals who happen to be crafting. That's how it works, and this is clearly what we're seeing here. And when you do you, I mean, do you print these maps out, or do you share them as, uh, as, as files as well? How do you work it? I, I get them printed out. Mm -hmm. I go up to massive A0-sized prints, which is why these maps are so big and detailed. It's because I need to fill all up what would otherwise be blank space. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I've got... I've got a huge mirror behind me there. Some of these prints I do are like bigger than that mirror. It's amazing. Yeah, so it's either man cave or it's something to go on the wall. Uh, maybe surrounded by uh, you know, your family photos of some of the places which are featured. Hopefully, nothing too scary in the case of uh, Canic Chase. We don't want we don't want to see that. Lots 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 to see. And so, it's still taking suggestions at the moment for Staffordshire and the West Midlands. Yes, absolutely. If people have suggestions, I'm more than happy to take them. The map is nearing its completion. However, there is plenty of space left. I always say, and no suggestion is too, too minor as well. You know, there's people just suggest little things like I have a standing stone at the end of my street, for whatever reason. I've got a bomb shelter in the back garden. These are all cool, quirky things that I do try and depict in there as well. So mm -hmm. whatever people come up with, it's great. I'd get about 95% of things in. The only time I can't do do it is when the area is simply too full. Mm -hmm. And then there is sometimes under... happens with your larger urban areas, but on yeah. the whole, I get everything in. Okay, well, good luck with that. Looking forward to seeing it. And uh, once this is available, hopefully for Christmas 2022, as it sounds like it'll make a great gift, we can have yeah. a little natter and uh, talk about the final version. But for now, Chris Burst, thanks for joining us. Brilliant. Thank you. Take care. The London Marathon is almost upon us once more, and there's been many charity runners, all raising money for good causes. Pancreatic Cancer UK is one of those, and Ivan Fletcher is doing that. To tell us more, he's on the line now. Hello, sir. Hello, Jason. How are you? I'm good. I trust we find you well. 
I'm not too bad, not too bad. Training's going good, so yeah. That's what counts. Now, uh, I mean, running a marathon itself seems completely mad to me. Uh, I'd rather catch a bus. However, some people are built for this sort of thing. And it, 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 is running your thing, is this something you've done throughout your life? No. Um, I'll go back to my story, um, why I'm running for pancreatic cancer. Four years ago, um, I was sitting in my sister's garden and after having a barbecue and the chair broke underneath me. Mm-hmm. And my uncle said, if you don't lose weight, you'll end up like him. He was a biggish guy. And so I said, okay, whatever. And then the next day I was on a training course from work and there's some scales in the toilet and I weighed myself and I was the heaviest I've been. So then I joined the gym. Uh, I thought, I can do this, lose weight. Then was at work and somebody said, oh, do you fancy doing a 5K race? This is a couple of months on. So I said, yeah, go on. And that was on the 7th of September uh, 2018. Uh, the was that was that no, sorry that was the eighth of September. Um, the race was but on the seventh of September. My uncle was taken to hospital, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, he never came out. Um, yeah, so I did my first race on the eighth of September. It was his birthday on the ninth of September. So. Uh, I said to him, oh, I'm doing a 10k run in a couple of weeks' time. He said, well, How far is that? So, we from uh, Codsell. So, I said, Oh, it's like from running from the garage at Codsell up to the M54 junction. And he went, <laughs> that, That'll kill you. I went, I'll be all right. So, I did the run. The next day, I took my medal in to show him after the 10k. And that was the day he's diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And um, unfortunately, we lost him the following week. And and that is a really shocking thing to happen. I mean, such a short space of time. Uh, I lost my dad to pancreatic cancer last year, and we at least had June through until November. And uh, it, it depends on what stage it's at, and it's a difficult one to spot. It can be masked by other illnesses. And therefore, unless you know about it and you know early enough, it is very difficult to treat as well. Uh, I mean, my dad was, I think, stage four by the time he was finally diagnosed, even though he'd been presenting with symptoms and discussing with his doctor, it wasn't picked up because of his uh, diabetes and other issues. And it's, it, it, it's, it's a nasty killer, isn't it? It is. Um, it's the same with my uncle. He'd been diagnosed with diabetes for the past... Uh, last couple of years of his life and then he just got to a stage where he didn't want to do anything he didn't want to go out this is the guy that used to go out six nights a week although mm-hmm. he's in his set although in his 70s you still go out all the time and he just he said he had no energy he had nothing nothing there and i'm glad at the end of the day he gave me that motivation to go and do something so Every time I go out running uh, in races, um, I, I think if it wasn't for him, I, I wouldn't be doing it. Yeah, fingers crossed. It's going to help your health as you get older, and it uh, you know, it's 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 going to be the thing that could could actually save your life. It could it could be, and yeah, uh, four or five years ago, I I wouldn't do anything. 
as, mm -hmm. as you said earlier, uh, running to just ca catching the bus is, is that's all I was doing. I was catching the public transport and I'll be out of breath walking, walking there. And when I started my journey of running four years ago, I'd never, never thought I'd be running a marathon at all. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's an impressive feat in itself just to have completed it. So have you, have you done a marathon before? No, it's been my first marathon ever. Uh, mm -hmm. The longest I've uh, ran is 20 miles, uh, which was five, six weeks ago when I did the uh, best foot forward at Audrey Stadium, a mm -hmm. uh, local event there. So I did 20 miles that day. And the longest race I've done is I've done a few half marathons now. Um, last one was in April. Which is the London Landmarks half marathon. Yeah, um, that was again for pancreatic cancer. And I did one last uh, a year ago today, I think. Mm -hmm. um, uh, for pancreatic cancer was a Landmarks half marathon, and back in January, I had a email of pancreatic cancer. Do you fancy running the London marathon? for us uh, you just got to pay the entry fee so i paid that then rang my partner says went to go into london in october <laughs> what for i says uh, the london marathon and she says really i went yeah and she says oh that sounds all right i says good <laughs> i've already already paid the entry fee <laughs> and so then it's just about the fundraising to do it and um that's the fundraising is going well as well well, I know you've hit your initial target, but that means there's just a new target, doesn't it? So how yes. much have you got pledged so far? Uh, just over £3,000 so far. And that started back in January. We started mm -hmm. the uh, fundraising there. Um, we've had a fundraising event at a local garden centre mm -hmm. uh, where they donated uh, a barbecue and we had people coming in. There, I had a darts competition recently, which raised uh, quite a bit of money. Um, I donated, I was 50 last year. So on social media, I said, for every pound over 50, I'll donate extra money. So then people was uh, liking my post on Instagram and and Facebook. So that, that took it to quite a bit. So that cost you a bit of cash, which is, which yeah. is fine. That's, that's okay. Yeah, I've got um, somebody, close friend, who his percentage of his winnings from his betting each month putting money in there as well. Um, yeah, and people from work, uh, my running groups, I mean, uh, yeah, people from working at the walls, wall speedway, yeah. So, but so social social media does help a lot with, uh, with the fundraising, and it's it's good. But yeah, three thousand pounds. Of course, it doesn't just stop there. I want to raise more money and what what uh, raise the awareness of pancreatic cancer. Uh, it's Pantry Cancer is probably one of the smallest charities out there. Um, and it's just ways raising awareness of of it to to people. And it's surprising how many people you get talking to 
and I say family members that have died of mm-hmm. cancer and yeah some people have a year two years with their partner or family members and other people like myself get my uncle's diagnosed within a week and we lost him and it's it is there and I know every time I go out running he'll be looking down going well done he probably wouldn't say it if he was here but he would take the mick out of you but equally you know behind that he'd be proud of what you've done he'd be proud yeah he would he would be proud of what I'm doing and yeah and it's just going out there and just doing it doing it for him yeah and everybody else who who's died of pancreatic cancer mm-hmm it's going to mean a lot when you do the run, obviously. It's uh, a massive feat to take on. And come on, how long is it I've known you now? It must be decades. So uh, I, I never have imagined you doing this, to be fair. 20 odd years, I think. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, so, yeah 20, 20 years ago, yeah, I'll probably, I'll probably watch a marathon or eat one. Uh, <laughs> and then they go and change the name on you just to confuse yeah, things. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it is. It's I wouldn't think I'd ever be doing it, and it's it's running has actually changed my life, um, physically, mentally, um, and I've met some really really good friends through it as well. And who would have thought that somebody at work four years ago saying, "Oh, do you fancy doing this five k run?" Four years later. I'd be doing a marathon. Oh, oh, I wouldn't have dreamt of doing it. Yeah, you, 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 as you say, you watched on telly and stuff like that. And it's it's there, and I think the atmosphere on the day will be good mm-hmm. as well. Uh, we're travelling down on the Friday and coming back on the Monday, so a weekend of it. And... Um, and it just dropped lucky that Walter at West Ham the day before as well. So these, be, yeah, these things happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it might, be, might, might be a trip to West Ham the day before. I think that's a good warm up for a marathon, if anything else. But uh, yeah. there you go. So the important bit now is getting more funds in. So give us all the details of how people can contribute. Yeah, I've got um, a just giving page. Um, if if you just um, Google Ivan Fletcher on just giving. And as it's uh, Ivan raising money for pancreatic cancer UK, twenty twenty two. Okay, so we're looking out for that one. You're all over the socials as well, either as, as Fletch or Ivan yeah. Fletcher. So you just 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 search for you. Yes, you'll track yeah. it down that way. Uh, but uh, good luck with this. Uh, I know you'll smash it. That's the thing. But um, yeah, it, keep building up to it. Get past that twenty k, twenty mile barrier that you've already done so far. And, yeah. Uh, You've got a few months more trying to go. You go ahead and do a 10-mile run now, aren't you? Yeah, 10-mile run uh, today. Uh, yeah, so 10-mile run today. Uh, and what we've got, I don't know how many miles we've got this week, yeah, but it's try to judge everything around work and other commitments as well. But, yeah, it means someone's getting up early in the rain. Uh, sometimes when it's when the weather was up the other week as well, <laughs> Going, going out there and thinking, do I really want this? But yeah, it's that, that motivation and um, 
kick up the backside, yeah. uh, which my uncle gave me mm -hmm. years ago. And yeah, and having support from friends, family there that do support you and will send you a message when you do a run, all proud of you doing that. And yeah, and attend Wolverhampton Park run when I can. So if anybody's there, might see me running around uh, in my pancreatic cancer top as well. So if you do see me, come and say hi. That's the way to do it. And also give him some cash towards the uh, the total. Which is yeah, uh, coming yeah. together nicely at the moment, which is the way yeah. I like it. I've been mean, good to see you, mate. Keep up the good work and uh, have a great time running around London in just a couple of months' time. Yeah, thank you, Jason. Thank you very much. See you soon. Ciao. Wolverhampton's Grand Theatre have stages, their summer workshop for kids, 10 through 17 years old. Now we're down at the Lighthouse as part of the launch and Lucy Ellen Parker is here with me because you've been pulling all this together. Yes, yes, with the help of uh, my very lovely colleague James Collins, who unfortunately is on holiday, he's, so he's got out of this one. Gallivanting off. <laughs> he's gallivanting hey, off. You've all been doing so much, because I mean, James has obviously been busy with the, uh, the panto yes, uh, tour, which is going in schools. Yeah, yeah, of course. So, what, what is stages then? Because I know okay. somebody's already sold out. Yes, so, um, so we've got obviously got the exhibition going along with the workshops. And lots of people down yeah, here. Yeah, and lots of people here, so it's really, really nice. Um, so, stages is a celebration of the Wolverhampton Grand Theatre's work with young people. Mm -hmm. So we've kind of looked back over the last five years um, and had a look at all the work that's uh, been going on. Um, so we've showcased all that in in this room. Yeah. Um, and it's been really nice for me, actually, because I'm fairly new to the theatre. So You're fairly new to this theatre? Yeah. Theatre itself, you've been doing since you were about this time? I have. That's really I could, short. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I th since I could, I think, since I could crawl, possibly. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so that's my background. But um, I was employed here in April, which has been, it's been fantastic. And as somebody, as a young person who used to come to the theatre myself, it's been wonderful to just see the, the the work that gets done with young people in the area and what the Grand does for young people in the area. Because you've got the Grand Youth Theatre with, working with, with the arena yeah. and, and the performances down there and I mean Fran who's here will be talking a bit about that yeah. but there's uh, there is so much more than than, than than that in itself and Absolutely. Course, uh, I mean, Panto's very often the entry point for kids to actually go it to theatre and uh, you've, you've then got on top of that the fact that so we've mentioned this, the, the school side yeah, of things yeah. and, and, and even the, you take that to the next level at the other end you've got uh, kids getting involved uh, with sometimes with a memory cafe as well when they, when they go with grandparents absolutely. and some of the absolutely. youngsters there they'll yeah. be their first exposure to theatre too yeah absolutely and my first exposure to theatre was the Grand Theatre so my grandparents brought me to the Panto mm -hmm. and then you know I would come with my school and we'd come and see a show and I think I remember coming to see the Mercado along I mean that was years ago and I remember thinking I was primary school thinking what on earth is this but you know it absolutely fueled my love for theatre uh -huh. um, so yeah it's, it's, it's really there is so much to offer and Wolverhampton Grand is such a it's such a jewel in Wolverhampton's crown and it's it's just wonderful that there's so much that young people can get involved with so and then this year what we've decided to do we've launched our stages summer workshops yeah. so we're working with local practitioners local artists um, actually local artists like you can see behind me um, so Jack Sankson, who's here this evening, has created this wonderful graffiti art. So we're doing lots of workshops with local practitioners um, for young people aged 10 to 17. 
uh, who can come here and do some graffiti. They can come. They can come to the theatre and do some drama. And Fran, who is our uh, practitioner who works with the youth theatre, is taking that. We've got a hip hop workshop. We've got a bangra workshop. We've got costume making, uh, and it's all free. And that's all part of the brand's, you know, initiative to to you know promote working with young people and actually to promote young people in Wolverhampton. Yeah, because even if they're not looking at working in the theatre, the fact they get involved can build confidence, whether in a theatre group Absolutely. or a dance group, something like that. And, and many local dance groups and Amdram theatre companies they are do. performing at the Grand because yeah. it is not only the best stage in the area, but it's such a warm, friendly environment Absolutely. for that too. I think that's the people as well, don't you? Yeah, I, 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 I think Midlanders I, I, are really, really friendly. Yeah, <laughs> Help, it? But no, and it's lovely. And, and as somebody who's fairly new to the theatre, it's been—I've had such a warm welcome, and it's been really nice because I've only ever sort of been on the other side of it. So it's been lovely to kind of go behind the scenes, but also work with such a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful set of people. Well, it is absolutely amazing. It's going to be a, a fantastic set of events running throughout August. Yep. Some are sold out already. But yep. if you want to get involved, when we say sold out, they're free events, but they've been allocated fully. Where can we go to to find out what is available and get so, involved? So, you can send me an email. So my email address is lucy.parker at grandtheatre.co.uk mm -hmm. and I can tell you what's available. Yep. Um, you can also go on a waiting list for some of the ones that have already sold out. So, you know, things happen and people drop out, so hopefully we can, you know, we can fill the space with that. Mm -hmm. But there's also other things like theatre tours and maths trials. These are available for schools to buy and to, to come down and bring their kids to, the, to, to see what's going on behind the scenes. Explore an empty theatre as well, which yeah, is quite absolutely. exciting. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's amazing. And if maybe I've got, see the ghost. Yeah, well, oh, no. No. Okay. I don't, <laughs> oh, no. I don't, think, I don't think I want to. Um, but, no, that's... Um, so if you uh, want to know anything about that, you can go to our website and you can get in touch with our outreach manager for creative learning, and that's James Collins. Mm -hmm. And his email address is... James C at grandtheatre.co.uk and he can tell you about the intro to Panto, youth memberships, they're all free. Yeah. So if you want to, you know, bring come to the theatre, you can come along and you can get discounted tickets for free. It's uh, there's, there's a waiting list for 16 through 25s on certain shows as well. With yeah, there tickets. is, absolutely, and you can come. So 1625 can get £10 standby tickets. So that's the phrase I was looking for, and you did much that's better. That's it, than me. there yeah. you go. That's it, and get the standby tickets. Um, Trying to think what what else is behind me. There's, there's a, prop, a panto. There's, there's a, panto. a prop. Absolutely. There's a panto project. The theatre tours, and we've 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 just launched our new youth ambassador scheme, mm -hmm. which is Generation Grand, and we're calling it Gen G. So I'm hoping that is cool enough to call it that. I think so. <laughs> and there's one of them now. There you go. <laughs> absolutely. Um, so that is for young people aged 8 to 25. We're looking for vibrant young people to become the youth voice of our theatre. So uh, great things going on. Grandtheatre.co.uk, check out everything there. Cool. Yeah, email Lucy if you want to find out more about uh, all of these events that are taking place as part of the stages from a workshop. Thank you very much, Alice. Thank you for showing this Thank you very much. And I'm looking forward to hearing all about what has happened when it's all happened. Thank you very much. Now, one of the workshops that's going to be taking place over the summer as part of the Stages event with Wolverhampton Grand Theatre will involve some amazing graffiti. The graffiti that's around the room here at the Lighthouse at the minute has been put together by Jack Sampson, who is with me now. Hello, sir. How's it going, mate? You OK? Oh, all good here. And uh, you, you've been uh, jotting people's names down for them in a full-on graffiti style over yeah, the last yeah. hour or so. Yes, answer. Would you like me to do your if you, if you do Jason for me, that Yeah, fantastic. Richard, I'll get cracking on You do that. that whilst we talk. So, yes, how did you get into this graffiti art? Because you're only 19. So, I uh, started 
started doing it for my uh, Duke of Edinburgh. Mm -hmm. So I was volunteering in a graffiti shop uh, with a guy called Panda, yeah. and uh, he owns his own business and that kind of thing. So he started putting me on to different workshops and that sort of thing. So he basically started what I'm doing now. Mm -hmm. So credit to him, to be fair, because he taught me everything I know. So it was real, real good of him. Um, but yeah. But, 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 but graffiti start itself, it's something we've seen for four decades, and it, it, it is iconic. And it's almost like it's got its own font very much, isn't it? Yeah, so with graffiti, it's about sort of like, not necessarily conforming, but it's about doing your own thing. It's you not got to follow X, Y, or Z. So say, for example, with a lot of the colours that graffiti artists use, it's not about like blending in with like what's typically known to art and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's, it's about just doing your own thing and doing what works best for you. And it's a, it's an expression, isn't it, as much as anything else? No, yeah, I, I pretty think, much. I think that helps too. And, and, and what's it been like down here today with uh, sharing a few of your skills, but also seeing what everyone else can do as well? Oh, I've been loving it. It's great when adults as well get involved and they get real focused in terms of like what's uh, colouring in and that kind of thing and taking it a lot more serious than I thought it would be. So, yeah, it was pretty fun doing that. So are we looking for, for Jack Samson online? Uh, so graffiti for you, so yeah. G-R-A-F-F-I-T-I-F-O-R and then the letter U. So if you want to uh, type me in on Instagram and that kind of thing, yeah. so that's where it's going to be at. And with that, if you get to share your art in a different way that way, it hasn't always got to be on a wall. Definitely not. It can be on canvas as well. So a lot of graffiti artists as well from say like the 70s and 80s, they're exhibiting a lot of their stuff in galleries mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. So a common one who's a local guy is a guy called Goldie. Yeah. So he's a deep, well, DJ, graffiti artist. He's done the whole thing. So mm -hmm. he's exhibiting a lot of his artwork and taking it to that next step for what he's done. Mm -hmm. So he's putting a lot of work to be able to do that kind of thing. And yeah, maybe one day I'll be up for it. Definitely. Let's see what happens. Are you yeah. interested in the world of music too? Uh, I'm not necessarily too clued up on music. So we go, so let's, go, let's go with the graffiti now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that will be a good job. So, Sound. Jack Sankson is uh, is what we're looking for, and we have my name appearing here on canvas. There's, obviously, you don't really get interrupted when you're trying to work by someone asking you questions all along, do you? Yeah, it's a bit hard to like, talk and do it, to be fair. Like, you going to enjoy being part of the, uh, the exhibition itself? Yeah, it's been wicked uh, being part of the exhibition and doing a load of other people's names and that kind of thing. But give us your online details again so people can track down your work. So, uh, graffiti for you on Instagram, so G R A F F I T I F O R and then the letter U. And on my Facebook, it's Graffiti For You again. So I've got a Facebook page or Jack Graffiti if you want to type that in. And yeah, that's all my details. It's not pretty much. Looking good, fantastic work. I'm looking forward to seeing that finish off and colour in a bit. We'll leave him to that. Meanwhile, thank you, Jack Sanchez, for joining us. Cheers. Laura Leo of Leo's Theatrical Costumes, established 2015, has got a workshop as part of the stages uh, event, and you've already sold out. You've got, you've got 30 kids to deal with. Yes, I am. Um, I was surprised when they said we'd sold out, which was nice. Um, a little bit daunting, but I think we'll have a great time. Uh, clearly, people are interested in costumes and um, and sewing and, and that kind of old craft that I think kids maybe don't learn now. Yeah, um, it's not necessarily going to be on the school curriculum in the way it maybe was. Well, no, and it should be. I, I did sewing in school. Yeah, I, I think it should I, I wasn't a disaster either, which is good. <laughs> That's I what we love a disaster. I was in PE, but, uh, <laughs> so, but when, you, when you're doing this sort of thing, you're obviously 
it's part of getting people to know about you and your business as well. Yeah. Because I mean, you're supplying theatrical costumes to all sorts of shows, yeah. professional and amateur. Yeah, and, all over the UK. And, and that must be amazing in itself to be part of theatre. Yeah, in, I mean, we, we're never bored. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think it's just when you work within that kind of that bubble, it's just it's so such a special thing, especially if you love theatre like me and the staff do. Um, but I think getting kids more involved and understanding maybe not just what happens, you know, the actors on the stage. I think there's so much that goes on, makeup, costumes lighting absolutely everything I think it's great for them to see those little things that happen and those interactions as well because the costumes got to look right under the yeah. lights that are there exactly so, yeah. and that could be part of the call it could be part of a remake or something sort of well thing, yeah it? and I think there's so much now on TV and film and I think maybe the way they're doing it things like Bridgerton and, and um, Greatest Showman I think it is getting young people more involved and going wow that looks absolutely amazing um, and you know the people really play on that now you know with all these new remakes and I think costumes something that people are getting really excited about yeah. and you know they want to dress up it as it are well so I think learning a skill like sewing um, and understanding things that work well on stage it, you know it's really it's exciting really yeah, so I mean there's often recreation of looks I mean Stranger Things absolutely huge at the moment exactly, you yeah. have to very often you can't always get the exact t-shirt you want no. from the 80s yeah, so, so these things get remade yeah if you learn that skill you can be making it at home yourself <laughs> yeah it's absolutely fab. when it comes down to the, the workshop itself and being part of the stages of the workshop that's going to be awesome getting kids interested, yep. engaging, and, and that's the important part. Exactly. But let's have a plug for the business as well. Yeah, so, um, sorry, did you just say? Plug the business. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, so we're Leo's Theatrical Costumiers. Um, we've been established, like you said, since 2015. Um, we're a small group, um, and obviously since the last you know, couple of years has been a tough one for us, but Absolutely. we're coming out strong. Yeah. Um, and I think that's due to our enthusiasm and love for what we do. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, we supply to all age groups, universities, schools, uh, theatre groups I think you know it's our passion that's really brought us through so things like this and the workshops just um, you know make us more excited about sharing our skills and where do we find you online uh, so we're at www.leostheatricalcostumiers.co.uk and we're on Facebook and Instagram which is really fun to follow because we do a lot of um, things showing things that we're making and yeah. you know I'm, I'm getting into reels uh, <laughs> but that shows them um, keeps beyond the scenes and online yes <laughs> I mean, it's great to see you down here as well because it's part of the exhibition at the Lighthouse yeah. uh, we've actually got several of the, of the dresses that uh, are yeah. part of your, uh, your repertoire yeah, as well yeah so there was um, we've probably got over 50,000 costumes so when uh, Lucy said you know bring something along it was a tough choice uh, but we went a little bit panto themed um, but yeah so I mean we've got you know many of things we could have chose from but this is just a very small selection of some of our favourite things for Panto. Well, great meeting with you. Thank you for sharing your passion and it's going to be absolutely fantastic when well, you have to share it with the kids as well. Well, thank you very much. The day here at the Lighthouse we've been celebrating stages of the fantastic series of workshops that the Grand Theatre are running over the summer. One of those workshops is involving new theatre, that involves Fran, and Scott's been down here helping to coordinate and bring things together and celebrate the event. How are we both doing? We're good. We're having a good time. So Scott, first of all, a, a, a bit of, of your background to this, because when you're looking after the press and, and uh, helping to let people know about the events that are taking place at the Grand, this is something very different to promoting a show, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and it's nice that we have so many different projects at the theatre so that we can work on because it just keeps things fresh and it keeps things uh, really varied uh, and fun for people to come to. Uh, and obviously, as you know, our summer season has finished mm -hmm. uh, and the shows will really start to kick off again in September. So this is a really nice project to see us through the summer. Absolutely. And with the, the likes of the encouragement that the 16 through 25-year-olds are getting, the ambassadors that you have on board with that, I mean, 
this all sort of ties in with it as well because we're looking at the next theatre goers and also performers too. Yeah, yeah. We're really passionate at the Grand about programming a variety of work that includes the entire community uh, and of course the young community are a really big part of that. So the work that we've been doing with Lucy Ellen Parker, who's our new Speak Up manager, uh, it, is this all around us uh, of the work that we've been doing over the last sort of five years right now and in the future uh, with with young people either at the theatre or in their schools you know however we can get involved with them really. And, and, and Frank with the the work that you do obviously there's the the work at the arena the grand uh, arena partnership when it comes to youth theatre it's got a proper name you'll tell me that in a minute but uh, I mean you're doing a workshop as well so get the, one will feed the other, no doubt. Yeah, 100%. So um, I'm the senior practitioner for the Grand Arena Youth Theatre. That's the way that's it the goes. One. Yep. Um, and that's a collaboration between the Grand Theatre and the Arena Theatre in Wolverhampton. And we've got a juniors and a, group, a seniors group ranging from nine right through to 18. Um, and our group's are absolutely fantastic. They've just done two incredible end-of-year productions and we couldn't be more proud of them. And the workshop that I'll be running during the project, the Speak Up project, is a drama workshop, a little bit of a taster of the things we get up to at Youth Theatre, a bit of acting, a bit of physical theatre, a little bit of devising. Um, so I think it's going to be a nice chance for people who maybe want to dip their toes in the water and aren't sure they want to jump right in yet to come, have a go, and then if they think it's great, sign up for Youth Theatre and come and get really involved. Well, absolutely, and there's a chance to change their lives here. Uh, as I was saying with, with Lucy earlier on, even if somebody isn't looking at going into theatre, that's not going to be what they will do later on. They're never going to star in EastEnders. The confidence builder that they get for being involved in something like this that allows them to come out of the shell in many cases and start them off on a great career, whatever it is they choose to do. Yeah, 100%. I mean, our members range. We've just had someone graduate from our youth theatre who's off to drama school in September. But we've also had someone who joined us in September who joined, who wasn't really interested in theatre or drama, but just wanted to gain some new friends and get a bit of confidence. And um, their parents have sort of said to us, they've finally found their tribe, they've found <laughs> the people that they belong with. And that's just as important to us as people who make it onto the stage. It's about people developing skills that will stay with them for life. Everybody needs confidence. Everybody will put public speak at some point in their life and everybody needs to make friends so it's a great opportunity to come along and meet different people and find a way to just expand yourself and really get get out there. It, it is going to be uh, so exciting to be, to be part of this as well isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I love my work with the youth theatre. I work as a professional um, theatre director, but I do always say that the highlight of my week is working with young people at the youth theatre. And I said to someone recently that I kind of wish that I could inject some of the professionals I work with with the same passion and enthusiasm that young people have. And young people are the future. I know it sounds like a generic thing to say. But actually, we need to harness that passion and make sure that it carries on throughout their lives. So often, young people are stamped down, are told, or, you know, they're thugs or whatever. And we need to change that mentality. We need to look at them as our future. And I'm thrilled to see, say that the young people in Wolverhampton are so wonderful to work with. And I'm really looking forward to the summer. Yeah, they might get to play thugs, but that's all. They're not actually <laughs> going to be thugs. And no bullies. So that's, that's, that'll yeah. all be good. But, I mean, it's got, again, I mean, it is all about the excitement and the engagement as part of the theatre. Mm -hmm. And uh, Grand Theatre.co.uk. 
dedicated place to go to, to for all the news stories on that. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. the socials. Give, give us the socials. socials. Walls Grand on everything, Instagram <laughs> and, and Twitter and Facebook. And also, if you do come to the exhibition as well, on oh, there isn't one on here, but on most of the boards, there's a little QR code oh, yeah. that you can just scan in the corner, and that takes you through to the website. And there's more information on there that you can find out about. So it check well. all of that out. It is stages. It's the summer workshops of the Grand Theatre. GrandTheatre.co.uk to find out everything that they're doing. Check out the socials for all of this and everything else is going on. It's got and Fran, thank you for joining us. Thank, thank you, you very much. That's your lot for this week. Thank you so much for joining me. Back with episode 685 next week. I'll see you then. Ta-ra for now. Goodbye from the milk bar. Goodbye from the milk bar. Goodbye from the milk bar. Goodbye from the milk bar, yeah. Goodbye from the milk bar, yeah.